You're listening to Sync Beast. I'm Graham, your host and the sync shark in your corner. After I hit six figures as a sync producer, I made it my mission to turn sync into a game that I could play and win year after year. With a simple creative strategy, intense production techniques, and pro-level mindsets that got me there faster than I could have ever imagined. I want to sell the farm so that you can create a profitable sync catalog, produce for sync with confidence, and actually improve your lifestyle as a sync producer. I'm here to let you know that sync is just a game, and I'm going to show you how to play it coming up. What's going on, y'all? So right now, we're going to talk about my sync strategy. This is the strategy I've used for years to grow my sync catalog and actually achieve that predictability in my syncs, my royalties, my production workflow. And when I was just getting started, I wanted to figure this thing out so that I didn't have to guess and check anymore. I really didn't like the trial and error that I was experiencing. I didn't like putting my all into tracks if I didn't know how they'd perform or if they'd even earn for me which is why I chose to do something about it. I wanted to target big brands. I didn't want to make a living off of, you know, a ton of sinks for low dollar amounts. It just didn't seem sustainable to me. And I mean, I get micro sinks all the time. I mean, it's fine if you do too. But in my experience, it's the bigger payout placements that prove to me that my tracks bring a lot of value to the table. So I chose to put a ton of time into studying exactly how big brands chose their music. Because if I could just figure out how they did that and make my tracks do the right things, the things that they wanted, then I knew I could start to add that predictability factor to everything. My process, my positioning, my production. And that's actually what I want to talk about today because I didn't just develop one way of doing things. My strategy is a combination of things. And the strategy that you need to grow your catalog to get better syncs is actually made up of five tiny strategies. Now, follow me here because this is very much sync beast terminology, but these five tiny strategies all work together. You got mindset strategy, creative strategy, composition strategy, production strategy, and monetization strategy. So mindset, creative, Composition, production, monetization. Five of them. And this is exactly what I teach producers when they come into SyncBeast, by the way. Okay, so first up is mindset strategy. And before we get too deep, mindset does not need to be a woo-woo thing. If you're a practical person like me, then look at mindset like this, okay? The mind used to create a problem cannot be the mind to solve it. Which for you, it means there's a problem in sync. And that problem is brands want high quality music that balances form and function. And this is exactly how six-figure sync producers think, by the way. They transform the way they think about the game before they even make their first move. They see a problem and then they know that they have to change the way they're thinking about it in order to solve it. And they transform the way they think because sync is a long game. They play for longevity and sustainability. In other words, there are no quick hits for them, right? They're not out to make a quick buck. Every move they make right now matters because they know that their income months from now, years from now, 
is on the line. So when we look at mindset as a strategy, like the mindset that it takes to scale your catalog to six figures, you need to invest wisely in your choices, in your teams, in your opportunities. And ultimately what it boils down to is you have to have the highest standards in the room, okay? The six-figure sync mindset is the ability to hear tracks in a high-value way. You have to be able to hear it. You have to be able to think about it and describe it and communicate it if you want to put that high-value sound into your music. Because when you have the language to describe that value, you can brief yourself and solidify a creative strategy. A creative strategy is your ability to hyper-target big brand syncs. And we place so much emphasis on this inside SyncBeast, right? Because if you don't nail this out the gate, you lose the game. It's that simple. I don't care if you take a track all the way, right? The production's great, the whatever. If it's not clearly positioned to capture a brand's attention, you don't have a sync track. You have to think about it like this. And this is the danger zone for so many producers who want to fill their catalog with thousands of tracks. Because what they don't realize is that sync is not a numbers game. We as sync producers only ever worry about quality over quantity. Even though I have 800 some tracks, 1500 licensable assets or whatever in my catalog, only a small portion actually contribute to my livelihood in a big way. And that's because they're crafted and put together from a place of positioning, clear positioning. And while I'm on this quality over quantity thought, I've seen people crush it with 10 tracks that target a very, very specific audience, okay? And by audience, I mean brands, right? People with things to sell that need to put music to the things that they sell. You know, every brand sells something. Nike is selling something more than a shoe, for example. They only have 10 tracks in their catalog and they completely overhaul their income. And that's because Sync Beasts focus on who they're writing for, what moods their music conveys, and how they're going to pull that off in terms of style and genre. These three things get music accepted into libraries and pitched to big brands. We need to aim at the right target, and then we need to lock in and stay on target the whole way through, from when you start a sync project to the finish, right? And we have no target if we don't take the time to calibrate and position our tracks for visibility in a library. Visibility here meaning how often your tracks are popping up in music searches, how accessible they are. Can people get the track that they want? Can they find the track that they want in your catalog? So it follows that the more visible your tracks are, the more chances you're going to have to sync. And in order to do that, you have to lean really, really hard on how you're actually building the tracks, which leads us right into composition strategy. So we have mindset, how we think about it. We have the creative strategy, which is how we position ourselves to write valuable music. And then we have the composition strategy. And at the core of your tracks needs to be a well-written piece of music. All the parts need to be put together in a specific way that tells a story over time. 
So the strategy here is mastering the high-value stories bought and sold in sync. That is the only thing that brands ever buy and sell are stories, okay? And when you hear that for the first time, it's kind of weird. You kind of have to wrap your mind around it. But basically, when you watch an ad, you're not just watching shampoo dance on the screen. You're not just watching water splash onto tomatoes. The lighting, the composition of the shot, the editing, like the speed of the edits, right? The people in the spots, it all contributes to telling a story. And that story better connects with that brand's audience, right? Because if that audience can see themselves in that ad, they're more likely to buy. They convert them. And that's the kind of psychology, that's the kind of, for lack of a better word, manipulation that we accompany with our music. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in a persuasive, business-oriented way. And it's fun. It's, it's fun doing that, not from a dark CD place. I'm, I'm just saying writing music for a very specific purpose, just like the way that they're making their ad for a purpose, that's fun to me, which is why I've been able to stay in the game for so long is because I'm actually attracted to that process. I'm attracted to how brands use stories to connect with their consumer base. They use stories to broadcast their message in a relatable way. And when this clicked for me and really became clear, I kind of went all in on learning what those stories were and started applying them to my music. Because musical stories used in high-dollar sync tracks can be boiled down to a science. I would know because I've done it. And after demoing on hundreds of brand spots and getting a ridiculous amount of syncs over my career, I learned that there's one definitive story told on repeat in advertising. And I'll tell you what it is. Supervisors want musical stories with a simple beginning, a complex middle, and a full end. So you start simple, you go complex, and then you fill everything out. So the easiest way I can put it is to start low and slow, get bouncy and adventurous in a build, and then you put all of those pieces together in the end. And if you can do that and you can give it to them over and over, you'll give them a reason to pitch your tracks because your tracks are going to tell dynamic stories as they unravel over time. And that's a huge secret sauce to high-performing sync tracks. It doesn't matter the style or genre because the story your tracks tell is everything. Well, actually, stories are the side effect. Psychology is the cause. There's two sides to it. When you leverage the right psychological elements, you walk away with a super useful track for video editors and anyone else buying music. These high-dollar sync tracks that we're talking about they all use little psychology tricks to trigger dopamine in the listener's brain. And this goes deep, so I'm, I'm only going to scratch the surface for you right now. But what you need to know is that the right winks and nods at the right time make all the difference in music searches. Because music supervisors, music buyers, anybody looking for music in a catalog, they're searching a mile a minute, right? They're, they're picking... They're scrubbing through the track, listening to maybe three seconds total. You know, they'll, they'll click play. It'll start from zero. Then they'll fast forward to like 15. Then they'll fast forward to 45. Then they'll fast forward to two minutes just to see how 
different, right? How how useful the track is, how how contrasting the sections are. And if your tracks can bring something in for a section and hold off on using it till the end, that's when you start to play with their minds a little bit because as they scrub, they're going to accidentally trip those little wires and it's going to trigger dopamine in their brain. And it gets to a point where you're showing and revealing things in such an intentional way that you're basically holding their hand through the track. They get little moments of discovery and the likelihood of them choosing your track goes up. So stories are a super huge part of how we build our tracks. But we always need to make sure that they sound super good, right? Super legit. And to do that, we need to favor authenticity in how we wrap that up. So our mindset has to be locked in. Our creative positioning needs to be honed. Our composition needs to be story-driven. And we need to wrap that up in an authentic package. And we do that with a production strategy. And keep in mind, when we talk production, it's not just about SSL bus compressors and black beauty snares and whatnot. Those details are super valid, but they come secondary to the high-level production I'm talking about, the overall aesthetic and believability of your track. That's ultimately what it comes down to, okay? The only music we create inside SyncBeast is ultra-high-quality, insanely real-sounding tracks. Okay, but what is real in this case? Well, real is anything that sounds exactly how someone would expect. They click play, they hear the song, and they say, this is exactly what I expected this to be. And my favorite example of this is Latin music. Or we could go a step further and call it vintage Latin with maybe like a beat, jangly guitars, ran through some cheap tape. See, my ability to envision that is a production strategy in and of itself. I can talk about it. I can talk about how I'm going to wrap this vintage Latin thing up. I can notice the details. And it's not always easy to pull off, which is why you have to leverage other people who are better than you, especially if you don't know Latin stuff. You need specialists. So you bring on specialists to elevate your sound. Again, we can talk about plugins and making things sound old all day long, but if you can't play a Montuno piano part, you need to factor that into your production strategy and build your team around it so that you can actually hit that. So those specialists elevate your sound. You collab with them and you make something that's already good even better. That's the idea. And if collaborating with people doesn't sound like fun to you, then I say good luck making money in the new age of sync. I'll just be honest with you. Because the realness and the believability of your tracks are paramount. And so the team that you need to build so you can produce high-value tracks is made up of five people, okay? We're getting a little meta here, but your production team should always be made up of a producer, yourself, an executive producer, which is never optional, a co-writer, which is, I guess, recommended in this case, session players, at least one per track, and session vocalists, again, at least one per track. These are the five people you need before you go into battle. Every sync track is a battle, and you can absolutely lose that battle 
if you aren't prepared. It's leverage, right? Leverage specialists to improve the authenticity of your tracks and reap the rewards down the road. And speaking of reaping the benefits, we spend all this time sowing good seeds for our catalog now so that we can reap the fruit when the time is right. And we do that with a monetization strategy. So we are locked in mentally with the mindset. We understand the problem that we're solving. We focus in and position our tracks for big brands with the creative strategy. We build dynamic stories into our tracks with the composition strategy. Then we wrap all of that up in a very believable, authentic package with our production strategy. And then we start to multiply the value of that one track with a system that I created called the Asset Booster. And this is how we make sure that we're monetizing our tracks to their fullest potential, right? The Asset Booster has the power to turn one fully produced track into five, six, seven, eight licensable assets. It's up to you on how deep you want to use it or how deep you want to go. But the strategy here is to cast a wide net and create multiple versions of your tracks to appeal to different uses and preferences, right? You're appealing to the way that a brand may convey their message in this spot or change their message in maybe a different campaign. The song has the same message, but it might sound different. And the way we do that is after we complete the final production, right? We do our final bounce, we're done with our track, we need to provide libraries with more assets than just that final bounce. And there are some obvious assets and some not so obvious assets. And the obvious assets here to deliver to our library are the full version, the instrumental version, the backing vocal version, if the backing vocals are wordless, right? If it's just like ooze. But the not so obvious assets are things like a remixed version or a trailer version or like an acoustic version or something like that where you have a different spin or a different take on the actual composition itself. Again, same track, different uses. Your full pop track could be used in a much different way than the piano minimal version, right? Those are two separate useful assets. And you have to ask yourself, what would the trailer version of this track sound like, for example? And if it sounds like a trailer version could work with your composition, then explore your options there. Because offering that new spin on the same composition could breathe life into it. And you never know, the remixed version or the trailer version or acoustic version, they could take off and blow up way bigger than your original track. It's just about how it's wrapped and how useful it is. I've seen it happen many times, and it's yet another way to shift the odds of sync into your favor. And that's exactly what these five mini strategies are all about. It's shifting the odds of sync into your favor. You start with the mindset, you move on to creative strategy, you make sure you're positioned. You move on to composition strategy, you make sure you're leveraging stories that brands are telling. You wrap it up with the production strategy to make sure it sounds believable. And then you multiply all that with the monetization strategy. This is the core structure, the main sync strategy that I take producers inside 
the Six Figure Sync Masterclass. It's where I go super deep into these five little mini strategies and much more. And if this sounds like something that you'd like to really get a grip on and start leveraging in your own work, then find me on Instagram at syncbeast.co and shoot me a DM letting me know that you came from this episode and I'll hook you up with some massive bonuses along with that masterclass, okay? I'm super stoked. It's out. It's been like a year in the making. I've been teasing it like all of 2023. So I'm just excited to get it into your hands. And that's it, y'all. I'm posting a ton more about how to think at the highest level of sync, okay? It's the game that I play every single day, and I want to see you win. So stay hungry, and I will talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.